Let's get ready to grumble! Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the Royal Grumble. I'm your host, Daryl, and sitting across from me is Dan. Hi. And uh, Graham is absent yet again. Um, he, he has been in McDonald's today uh, <laughs> with a machete. Um, but uh, it's all right. We've, we've sent Noam Dar in with, uh, with a fishing rod and uh, some haggis. <laughs> you all right? Yeah. He just didn't want to admit it, that he was wrong about the War Raiders, so he just sent him crazy. Well, he didn't want to admit it was wrong that Lana didn't actually officially enter the Royal Rumble. <laughs> uh, on our group chat, we have had this several times. <laughs> uh, anyway, how are you doing? Oh, not bad. Yeah? Yeah. You enjoy this week in wrestling? Yeah, it's it, it's been eventful. Yeah, hasn't it? It's been so eventful. We're doing two shows this week where we've got to review two big shows, and then we're going to have a full show where we talk about everything that's happened because of it. Yeah, so uh, we've just got a few points to talk about before we get into NXT TakeOver Phoenix. So uh, if you didn't think TNA was dead, uh, Abyss and Sunjay don't have left. Abyss is like their sting. Is he? (laughs) They had sting. Yeah, I know they had sting, (laughs) but what sting was to WCW, Abyss was to TNA. And that says a lot about TNA as well, <laughs> or Impact. Yeah. I, it's this weird thing now. Impact seems to be on this, like, it's kind of weird. They've moved away from TNA quite a lot now. Um, they, they, they're literally just saying, we're an indie company with TV. We're not, uh, they're not putting restrictions on their talent, really, apart from uh, when LAX weren't allowed to job to NXT jobbers. Um, yeah, they seem to be moving away from a lot of it, and... Get losing Sanjay Dunn and Abyss seems a strange move for them. If they, it's a weird one. They've signed with WWE. Yeah, which that, it, which that's is also mental. weird. I can imagine Sanjay Dunn Dunt going. Dunt, yeah, Dunt, Dunt. Uh, I can imagine him going. Could probably have a lot to offer. Abyss. I hope there's no ills because he won't get up a hill to. Think. Imagine if it were in Sheffield, like it were at top of earlier. Abyss is never getting to work. He's barely mobile. Yeah, but like, he's he's a lawyer, isn't he? So, <laughs> he could he could be part of a legal team. He could have a driver, can't he? I'm sure he's got stuff to offer. He's been at business for what nearly twenty years, but it still seems a weird one. Yeah, you don't look at him like as a veteran, do you? No, because he was the guy who had the hindsight of Mick Foley. Like, Mick Foley did all his crazy stuff, and now he regrets some of it because he can barely get out of bed. He can, he can move his thumb, though, to block you. Yeah. Um, but then Mick Foley apparently was telling Abyss a lot, like, you need to stop doing this stuff, otherwise you'll end up like me. And Abyss was like, nah, it's cool. And carried on <laughs> doing stuff, and now he can do nothing. <laughs> well, he can do nothing until he signs up contract, and now he can afford, like, an exoskeleton body with his new WWE money. Yeah, so what 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 have they signed to do? They're, they're not wrestling, are they? No, no. God, no. That's more an abyss than Sanjay Dutt. Like, Sanjay Dutt's all right. But I think he's been retired for a while, hasn't he? I don't know. I haven't seen him wrestle in a long while. So what are they doing? The producers, trainers at NXT? Uh, producers, I'd assume, because Abyss can't get in ring to train anyone. Okay. 
he's really immobile nowadays. <laughs> yeah, but he, he's he's wrestled recently though. I'm sure he like he had like some thumbtacks put in him last I mean, week or something. He's a shell of his former self. It is. So, uh, talk. Um, we can talk about new beginnings if you want. Um, I don't really want to review the show. I've not seen the show, but uh, the uh, well, it hasn't happened yet. Has it not? Okay. Well, they're, they're road in... to road beginnings was on Tuesday. Okay, we don't want to talk about that. I just want to talk about the fact that there's no Japanese wrestlers on the show. Oh, the the show. Uh, so that's happening tomorrow and Saturday. Okay. Yeah, there's no Japanese wrestlers apart from the great Okan. Yeah. <laughs> Who is the... He's one of the best. I hope he gets really over. Like, really <laughs> over. I imagine it's going to be the same as when he debuted at the Strong Style Evolve shows, where everyone kind of goes, eh? Okay. What's this, then? <laughs> so that was pretty much the reaction to him in the building both nights. It's only since that you kind of like... No, I get what he's doing. It's like a throwback gimmick, and it's kind of cool, and like he's he's getting there. He's improving. He's on excursion. This is what it's for. Um, yeah. So these are show New Japan shows in America, um, with no New Japan talent apart from oh sorry no sorry no Japanese talent apart from the Great Okan. Yeah. Uh, and it's due to the fact that none of them could get visas due to the government shutdown. You got a visa though, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I applied. If they just waited a week, they could have applied and they could all be on the way now. I assume that they're different kinds of visas. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> they could have just waited. <laughs> Who knows? They might have been accepted now. Apparently, they applied from in November. It was just the delays of them, and then the shutdown made it worse. Yeah, that this—that's what worried me. Because uh, listeners, I don't—I think I've mentioned it, but I'm going to WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'd not applied for my visa, and then. Then I heard about the government shutdown, which had been happening for a long time. But I just don't listen to news, um, and I got told oh, you better apply for it. So it was in our group chat. <laughs> yeah. So uh, luckily for me, President Trump reopened the uh, the government because he's a top guy. I and... don't, don't. It's not even kid. What? Like it's not even kid. He's reopened it, mate. So I could get my visa. <laughs> he's reopened it, so then he can close it again in a few weeks. Yeah, fifteen. And claim national national um, a national emergency to get the funding for his border wall. <laughs> That's what he's doing. He's going to play an, an I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty confident that Frank Underwood in House of Cars did something very similar to get funding for his America Works program. <laughs> You're really into your House of Cars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, he's a pedo. <laughs> I saw it in your eyes then for a second. You thought I was going to say something actual spoiler. No, I was just wondering where you were going, that's all. <laughs> no, he's, he's a what? pedophile, but he's back, apparently. I've, I've still not watched the proper video. Wait, wait. Allegedly, he's a paedophile. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Um, he's not dead, so we can't slander him. <laughs> talking to somebody that's not dead, Roman Reigns. Um, he's uh, scheduled to play the Rock's brother in the Fast and the Furious spin-off, Hobson so, Shaw. Yeah, I got confused by this. I thought it was Calvin and Hobbs when I first read Because I saw the name Hobbs, and my brain just auto-filled. Oh, he's doing a Calvin and Hobbs movie. A Calvin and Hobbs movie would be really good to see. And then, uh, was it you or someone else at um, the Royal Rumble party that you put on? Come, like said to me, no, it's a Fast and Furious spin-off. The characters are called Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, me, me and Graham told you roughly yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I yeah. I, see, I, I thought he was maybe playing the Tiger. Okay. Yeah, I was disappointed by the news. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's good that he's able to take on roles and stuff. And yeah, so did. 
uh, not that we're doing a predictions thing, but do you think that it means he's close to being ready to be back? If it, if he can work and do acting, do you think is Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing, uh, unless he's like just doing a walk-on part and he's only going to be there a day, I assume that he'll you know, be out of treatment by that point to be able to do it. Yeah. So, open for the best. Um, something I didn't talk to you about before we came on the air, but I thought I'd bring it up now. So, the creators of Total Divas and Total Bellas are casting for, and I quote, a new television series that chronicles WWE search for the next female superstar. We're getting tough enough all-women edition. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be by the creators of Total Bellas and Total Divas, which... see. I don't know if it is successful now, but it was successful when they first came out. It's not out, as so, successful, yeah. but it still does R8 for itself. Yeah, so I guess the format will be slightly different to yeah. the previous Tough Enoughs, and so it should be all right. I know. To be honest, I'll probably watch it if it's on E. Yeah. It's easy for me, isn't it? I can just sky planner it, and <laughs> I'm good. That's the reason why I watch Total Bells and Total Divas and not Raw on SmackDown. I ain't got Sky Sports channels that have WWE on. Cool. So I've got one final news point I want to talk about before we get into TakeOver. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Nope. I haven't watched New Japan, the New Japan show from the other day. Okay. But, uh, Kushida had his final match, didn't he? It was an emotional time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've not, I've not had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, he lost to Tanahashi, didn't he? I, I could have guessed he lost, but I'd not seen the spoiler of yeah, the match. Yeah, but, but... yeah, he, <laughs> they're not going to have him win on his, on his exit from the company, <laughs> Let's have mate. a junior leaving the company beat our world champion on his way out. Yeah. yeah. Um... So the big news, big news this week, bigger than the Royal Rumble winner, bigger bigger than anything that happened on TakeOver, Jack Swagger won his <laughs> MMA debut, uh, but that was preceded by R-Truth wrapping him to the cage. It was all a bit surreal. Yeah. Um, so this shows how out of the loop I am with some MMA stuff. I watched that match, so I found the link to it just to watch that match, and then it was only later I realised... Fedor was on that show. <laughs> yeah, but who was the bigger star? Because Fedor lost, mate. Yeah, he got beat by Ryan Bader. Exactly. Yeah, um, Ryan Bader's got quite good, actually. He's the champ champ now. Ah, uh, don't start that. Yeah, he's the champ champ. Yeah, well, uh, anyway, Jack Swagger's the all-American American. Yeah, he's coming for, he's coming for Bader, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, he's he do- really good. Yeah, he's doing his <laughs> We the People gimmick in MMA. <laughs> yeah. He's got a WWE footage on his entrance video. <laughs> Which was surprising. Yeah. And he's got his mate R Truth doing a little song for him. Um, it wasn't What's Up or Get. No, I, I was going to think. I was trying to think. Then, don't WWE have some sort of relationship with UFC now? Because it's Bellator. Bellator. Yeah, no, but that's why we're confused. Because it's surprising that they give footage and stuff to Bellator. When well, well what kind of relationship do they have with UFC? I thought there was some sort of relationship. I'm probably just making. Do you, do you mean it's because like Brock Lesnar is like sort of in we both? Yeah, but it was to do with the parent company as well having some relationship. I know. With oh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, so the people that provide the streaming service for UFC provide yeah. it for WWE now. Okay. So I don't think it's like an official relationship. No. I just think that they just provide the same streaming. I'd still love to see Vince McMahon and Dana White get into a fight one day. I think Vince would win. No, I'd, uh, Dana would win because Vince is old now. Uh, Dana was a, like a boxer size coach. <laughs> I yeah, know that was Vin- a Chelsea put down. And but... Vince, Vince is nearly blind. <laughs> I don't care how solid you are. If you're blind, I will beat you up. I think you could just go in like, you know, the Bart Simpson, just start swinging your arms and just moving around. You could just do that. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, do, do, you to, do you want to talk about uh, NXT TakeOver Phoenix? I do. So, yeah, NXT TakeOver the day before the Royal Rumble. 
It was a really good show. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was... I've seen some complaints that it maybe wasn't as good as previous takeovers and all that stuff, because... I think it's because we have such a high bar for takeovers, but I just felt like it was a show that flowed really well and just went by really easy. Yeah, uh, War Raiders are good, aren't they? War Raiders are really good. <laughs> I've been telling you this. <laughs> um, I think Graham's not here because he is ashamed of himself. Because <laughs> he... I were on his side a bit, but uh, he was more vocal than me. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so it was War Raiders challenging for the NXT tag titles against um, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era. Yes. And this was a really, really great match. Um, I don't... Maybe, like, the set... I think this is tied with the main event for me for second best match of the show. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Wait, so you like Tommaso Ciampa and Alistair Black? Yeah, I like that match. I mean, not not that we're skipping ahead, but yeah. surely Gargano Ricochet was the best match. Oh of no, night. yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Oh, you said main event. Yeah, this and the main event were joint second. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, we'll get back to the opener. Um, yeah, absolutely excellent match, and it's uh, I can understand where some of the criticisms were coming from from Graham and a little bit from you that War Machine really haven't shown what they can do. I, I've enjoyed the spots they've done in like the War Games and stuff like that. But this was a proper... This is what they're capable of, like having really, really great matches, especially with more athletic guys as well. Not that they're not athletic, because Hansen does handspring elbows and all sorts of stuff. Which, which one's the one with long hair? That's Hansen. Right. Don't do two cartwheels in a match, mate. <laughs> no, because it's an impressive spot, but like he did, he did it twice. Yeah. No, we're just like it's a bit, bit repetitive, isn't it? See, it helps as well that these guys know each other well because they were all in Ring of Honor together. Yeah, and especially like um, Red Dragon and War Machine had matches, and I can't remember Roderick Strong. Like he will have done, but I can't remember offhand like what combination he'd have had a match with them in. But um, yeah, I, I thought this match was absolutely fantastic, and War Machine really got to show what they can do. Undisputed Era are just brilliant, like. Especially, like I'm, I'm a massive fan of Kyle O'Reilly. Roderick Strong, could give a take when he's by himself. Don't really do it for me. He was a bit of a. Um, I think he's better in this heel package than he was as a babyface. Yeah, he's actually got some character because he's never had that before in his career. No. Um, and then you know, outside of the ring, when he came to One PW, I don't know anybody. Uh, he was a bit of an idiot. Was he? Yeah, he, he wasn't very nice to be around. Why? Bit big headed. Him and Austin Aries both. Oh, yeah, I knew about scenarios. Like. Yeah, Roderick Strong would just act the same as him. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's good that he's showing a bit more character because I, I never got the Roderick Strong thing when everyone really loved him. Um, but he's getting to show a lot in this and they're really getting the best out of him. And then Kyle O'Reilly. Like, I liked Kyle O'Reilly anyway when he was, you know, super serious kicky man and having matches with Shibata in New Japan and stuff. But um, he's a ridiculous character too. And... Yeah, I really love, I love both teams in this, and they had an absolute fantastic match. Yeah, so the War Raiders won the tag titles. Yes, they did. Yeah. Um, so Undisputed Era held the titles for all but two or three weeks. Yeah, because obviously they lost them at the uh, Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. To Mustache Mountain. And it was the weird thing where they lost them at a taping. They, they won them back at a taping. But it was like, I think it maybe was six weeks. 
because it was the end of June when Mustache Mountain went Fight Club with the NXT titles, and Chent Seven openly talked about the fact that we've not lost them on TV yet, so therefore we're still the champions. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they had done the match already where they lost them. So the next match uh, was Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. I really enjoyed this match. Um, these two had a really good match in Evolve before um, Cassius Ono, then Chris Hero, went back to WWE. And he put over Matt Riddle as one of the guys who was going to be a big guy in the Indies when he was gone. And he wasn't wrong about that. The other guy, by the way, was Keith Lee, who hadn't really done anything by that point. So he, he definitely made good calls on those two. Um, Keith Lee, just while we're on him, he's not really done much in NXT, has he? No, but it's so stacked there at the moment. It's just waiting for the opportunity to do something with him. Yeah. You think about this show, how many people on it are people who've only been there two or three months? Matt Riddle. Keith Lee debuted, like, came in around the same time as Riddle. So if Riddle's the only guy who, from, like, that like batch of signings who's been doing really much, it's hard to find time for him to do anything, especially yeah, on a takeover show. Yeah, so uh, Cassius Ono kicked him in the teeth. Yeah, actually kicked him in the teeth. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was doing a lot of the stuff as well with, like, stomping on his feet and biting his feet and everything as well. Which um, which you just have to pay extra for stuff like that, don't you? Yeah, it's quite funny because um, uh, Jimmy Havoc talked about because he had a match with Matt Riddle in progress where he just instantly tried went for the stomp on his feet and worked his feet the entire match. Think because no one had done that and it's the most obvious thing. So he was like, "Ah, oh, great minds." And then Pete Dunne like just posted a picture as well of him biting Matt Riddle's feet <laughs> as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, Cassius Ono, like, I, I like this role for Cassius Ono. I get with his look and stuff, like I get where the ridicule comes from and everything, but he is an absolutely fantastic wrestler and always has been and probably always will be. It'll take a lot for like that to be lost on him and having him as this kind of gatekeeper for NXT, kind of helping get guys over. Because one thing he's always been good at, like apart from getting himself over in the ring with his talent, he's always been that talented to get his opponent over just as much. So having him in this role is absolutely brilliant and it'll only help Matt Riddle having matches like this. Like, well, he's done it twice for him now. First time, he got knocked out by him in how many seconds? Yeah. And then the second time, he had a more grueling match with him that Matt Riddle overcame. So we've seen two different sides of Matt Riddle in the ring now. And Cassius Ono will be the guy who, like, it, there'll be an agent putting the match together with them as well. But Cassius Ono will be a big part of putting that together and helping them out. What I liked about the finish to this, and I, I might be wrong because I've not seen every uh, Matt Riddle match in WWE. But it's the first time I think I've seen a match finish with, uh, especially WWE, but with a uh, tap into strikes. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you see it, you've seen it at UFC a few times, but like, and obviously referee stoppage with strikes. But like, I've, I don't think I've seen in WWE anybody tap to strikes before. Yeah, it was a really good like way to really put over that Matt Riddle's just this absolute beast. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird with Matt Riddle where. He's just got so much charisma and all this stuff, but it's not like you can put that charisma to a different use. He he is Matt Riddle, and that's it. And it's whether they want to sell Matt Riddle. Yeah. And that'll be the, the start thing going forward for them, where if they don't think Matt Riddle, like just random guy Matt Riddle is the most marketable guy in the world, then they won't do anything with him. But actually, if they buy into that, He's amazing, and his charisma will carry him through, and fans will love him. Like they already love him, in a, like a lot of fans do, really love him. 
but it'll only grow if they can really like jump on that train. So next match was a singles match for the NXT North American Championship. It was champion Ricochet defended his title against Johnny Gargano. This was good. Yeah, match of the night, weren't it? Yeah. Um, do you know these two had a match at Evolve 10? For, uh, yeah. It was for one of the Dragon Gate USA titles. And apparently it was terrible. It was really, really bad. They just didn't mesh or anything. Okay, but yeah, but they've been they're taught how to work now, aren't they? Yeah, they've been taught how to work. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this match was absolutely fantastic. Um, Ricochet is a really special athlete, and then Johnny Gargano. I won't go as far as saying he's the American Okada because that's stupid. That's really stupid. Who said that? Brian Alvarez. Uh, <laughs> it's just, yeah, he has great matches with everyone, and he's he's super talented. He's not Okada though, is he? Like Okada's a guy who was built for that position. Johnny Gargano is more of an underdog type, even though he's a heel. But Johnny Gargano is absolutely fantastic, and they both did extremely well in this match, and it was so entertaining and fun to watch. Um, there was a few moments in this match where, because I was watching it, and like, you know, as you do, like you'll check your phone occasionally during matches and stuff. Like, they, I completely focused. I really, really love this match. Yeah, I think it might be the well. It's not might be. This was the best match of the weekend. Uh, from an in-ring standpoint, yeah, but like uh, the for me, the the rumbles are the most enjoyable part. Uh, yeah, I find it hard to put the rumbles in this. Like, I can't really judge them against like normal singles matches. It was the best match that wasn't a rumble this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what do you think about Gargano winning his first title as well? been a long time coming really yeah it makes sense that he would win it now that like kind of his well he keeps getting the puppet masters like got a hold of him and he's back with Tommaso Ciampa um that he like all his babyface stuff didn't work and now he's you know but he doesn't really do much underhand stuff in his matches though that's the no, thing it, his heel work is kind of like before the matches isn't it like all the um, yeah sort of like build up where he like he super kicked ricochet didn't he um obviously he, st- he attacked uh alistair black which is yeah. what caused his heel turn so like it's all, all that kind of stuff there then in the in the ring there's there's not a lot to hate about him in the ring which i don't know if that's a good thing or not because i like it when heels cheat and i don't say not to slow it down you have to do a randy orton chin lock for like 30 yeah. minutes but yeah, I like it when they cheat and they change the style a little bit to to suit. I think it's more the idea. I would think the long-term goal for Johnny Gargano is to be the big underdog babyface. So if you have him like this now, you can turn him face at a moment's notice and it won't matter. Because it, yeah. it's not like he's been cheating all the time. He's just been maybe pushing things a bit further than he had done before. So it's... It's an interesting way of doing things, and a bit more, a bit more interesting for me than just having a guy like actually flip flop between, you know, I'm a bad guy, I'm a low blow, yeah, and then the next minute, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies. Yeah. Um, where where do you see? I don't I know we're not finished the card yet, but where do you see like Gargano fitting in over the next sort of twelve months? Because like. Go, not to jump ahead, but people will will know this anyway. But like, obviously, the end of the show, it ends with the with him and Champa holding the belts up. Yeah. D- d- does he eventually turn on Champa? Do they? Does does he get that belt at the end? Do, does he ever get a comeuppance against him? Because I don't feel like he got 
got revenge on him, really. <laughs> he beat him up, and I think he did win a match against he, him. He but... won the unsanctioned match. Yeah, but Ch- Champ has got the belt. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's an interesting one. Because, like, it's one of those storylines where you can see, like, ultimately, like, Gargano is probably going to win the NXT title at some point. It seems like that's where the story should end. But you, it's really hard to judge how they'll get there. It's just pure speculation. There's no clear path on it. No. And that's really interesting. It's why NXT is like a, the more interesting brand for me a lot of the time. The storylines tend to be a bit more intricate and interesting. Next match. Uh, singles match for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, the champion, Shayna Baszler, defended against Bianca Belair. Oh, she's not takeover ready. Yeah, so uh, what's he called? Uh, Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. Who? Well, let's let's give Zack Ryder credit for this one because I saw a tweet as well where he sent him and he called him Doink Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give Zack Ryder a lot of credit for that one because don't worry, we will take that back later on when we have a bit to talk about with Zack Ryder later on in the show. Um, but yeah, uh, Sam Roberts said that Bianca Belair wasn't takeover ready and had this big rant and it... Right, so I've got a few things to say about this. So he said it on the WWE pre-show, right? Yeah. If we said if we said it uh, on our preview show, I think that's fine and that's fair criticism. Would you agree that she's not takeover ready? If if in my opinion or in your opinion or Graves' yeah. opinion, one of us thought she's not ready to be on a big show. Mm. As an independent sort of entity to WWE, yeah, we yeah. are okay to say that. And we, we I will point wrong. out, any one of our, our three has more like in-ring experience. If you want to use that argument, like what would he know? He's never been in a ring. All three of us have had more in-ring experience than him. I hate that argument. Yeah, when, no, whenever, because, but because, it's another one we can use to stick yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, no, but what I'm saying is like, as an independent entity to WWE, it's okay to have an opinion that someone's not ready to be in the ring. Yeah. Regardless of whether you've been in the ring or not, you can have your opinion, and it can be wrong, and you can be like, <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah. Much like uh, me and Graham were wrong about the War Raiders. Well, they've, right, they've had one good match in WWE. Let me put, <laughs> let me put that out there. They've had more than one good match. In the WWE, right? Um, but it's, it's okay to have an opinion and then be wrong and go back on it. That's fine. Yeah. What I dislike about this is WWE have put her in this position in a title match and Sam Roberts doesn't play a heel. Sam Roberts plays Sam Roberts, who's mm. just a bloke that's got a podcast that WWE, for some reason, puts on their preview shows. Um, why, why would it benefit anybody, whether it's Sam Roberts, whether it's WWE, whether it's Bianca Belair, for him to go, yeah, she's not ready for... She's not takeover ready. Like, why would it... It doesn't benefit anybody. The only way it'd benefit... Well, it's not even a benefit. If she'd have won the title... And proven she was takeover ready, and she could go back to him and go like, "Yeah, it's up yours." Yeah. Um, but that didn't even happen. So it was just like, "Oh, you don't think she's t- this random bloke off this satellite radio show doesn't think she's ready?" Oh, do you mean busted open radio? No, not even that one. He, he don't think anyone's as good as him, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just ridiculous, and it's the fact that he's there, kind of speaking on behalf of WWE. Yeah, like, I know of, it's, yeah. it's his own opinion, but he's on a WWE product. Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, it, and he's there saying one of the talent isn't good enough to be on the show you're about to watch. Yeah. That's a bit silly, really. 
it's it doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Especially when Bianca Belair is undefeated or was, um, and she's been pretty good for a while. Like she was in the Mae Young Classic the year before, yeah, and had a good run there, and then she's been pretty solid on NXT. And they were saying as well about like one of the things he said was, look at the level of competition she's gone against. Well, one of the people's Nikki Cross, and she's just debuted on main roster. Oh, but again, I hate this argument because. Yeah. I, I hate this argument in real sports as well as in WWE, right? So, in in real sports, you, when Ronda Rousey was uh, absolutely bulldozing through competition mm. in, in UFC before she lost, um, people would say, yeah, but who she beat? It doesn't matter. She beat it doesn't people. matter. They're, they're who's, be, who's de- deemed the top contenders, and she's beat them, like, quite emphatically, to be honest. Like, I don't think... Any of a fight, maybe one fight went after the first round, but like a lot of them, it was first round arm mm. bars. So like, you can only beat what's put in front of you. Like, um, for example, Arsenal went on a, a a run of I think twelve games unbeaten at the start of the season, mm. and yeah, they weren't beating the the they weren't the top teams in the league. But regardless, they beat what was put in front of them. Yeah, they're not yeah. anywhere near it now. But like, it <laughs> you can only beat what's put in front of you. So yeah, Bianca Belair is not beating Charlotte Flair. She's not beating Asuka because they're not in NXT anymore. But she's beating the people that are in NXT. And it just for me, it just seems like when you've got somebody like Shayna Baszler who is booked strong and is booked as sort of like an unbeatable monster. You need to build a credible challenger. And if you've got your bloke in the preview show going, nah, she's not credible, then why would anybody believe her? Yeah, and see, this her? match was already handicapped anyway because Bianca Bella's been a heel all this time. So one of the things I think the match suffered from is the crowd didn't really want to get 100% behind Bianca Belair because, yeah, she's kind of a heel. But then Shane Baszler's the biggest heel on NXT pretty much. So it was like, who, like you can get behind her a bit because she's the underdog in the match, but ultimately she's a heel most of the time. It's kind of a weird one. So you've already got that handicap on there, and then he's making it worse. Oh, it's just it didn't make any sense. I thought this match was pretty good. Um, it's probably honestly the best Bianca Belair match that she's had. Um, yeah, Shayna Baszler did a really good job of trying to get the crowd on Bianca Belair's side. The hair whip is always entertaining to watch, especially the market left. On I know, like, yeah, it was oh, horrible. It's, it's literally she's whipping them. Yeah, that's a it's a hair braid. It's, she's whipping people, and it's leaving horrible marks on them. Which, for me, if they like, when uh, Basil eventually gets called up, if they want to run with a Bel Air heel run with that belt mm-hmm. and her beating her opponents like by whipping her with the hair. Because the referees can't disqualify her because it's not a foreign object. It's her hair. <laughs> like I'd, I'd be quite entertained by that. <laughs> as long as she's not choking people out with it, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I thought this match was really good. It it probably wasn't to the level of the Carrie Sane matches, but Carrie Sane's a ridiculously talented individual, like as a wrestler. So it's and the experience level's a lot different there. But it was still a really entertaining match as well. So no complaints. Yeah, Apart ba- from Sam Roberts' stupid opinions. <laughs> and uh, ba- Baszler won, didn't she? Yeah, Shayna Baszler won again, with a bit of help again. Uh, the uh, oh, Two of the four horsewomen keep getting involved. Yeah. Not the popular one. Well, it's Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen the match they had, but 
I know a lot of people, because we'll talk about it later as well, with the uh, four sign getting flashed about a bit recently, uh, the worry that... It, it, it's kind of ironic as well with the whole Bianca Belair isn't takeover ready, and Jessamine Duke and Mina Shafir have only been wrestling less than a year. They might be getting a bigger push. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. So the main event, uh, it was a singles match for the NXT title. Uh, Tommaso Champa, the champion, defended against Alistair Black. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. This was Alistair Black's first loss on a takeover show, I think. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but if you say so. Yeah, because he lost the title on TV. He didn't lose it at takeover. I think it's his first loss on a takeover show. But you can tell how much they think of him because it took Tommaso Champa four finishing moves to beat him. (laughs) Okay, um, I, I, I didn't, don't think I liked this match as much as you did. I'm not saying it was like an absolutely fantastic match, but I thought I, I really enjoyed the psychology of it. That Tommaso Ciampa's kind of this like, he, the belt means everything to him, and he will just push it everything he can. Same as it's kind of the same story with Johnny Gargano, except he's not got that underdog factor to him, and he's not he don't feel like he's fighting from below. He sees himself on par with everyone. But when things don't go his way, just that look he gets in his eye and the fact that the psychology he has in the ring will push him further. Um, I really enjoy the way he puts together matches. And like the whole finish of this match, how it built up, where he, he just didn't know how to beat him and he just kept, kept having to do... Like, ultimately, you, you run out of like moves you can do. Yeah. And it was just that way. It was like, I've, I've just got to beat him down and keep and hold him down for three seconds. And it seemed impossible for him at times. And I really liked the story with that. And it, it's kind of like the perfect booking on how do you have someone lose a match pretty much clean, but still keep them strong in a way that's not ridiculous. And it's not putting... Like, neither guy suffer from both of them looking strong. And it's another benefit of NXT in the way they do things. Yeah. Um. So then to end the show, uh, as we talked about earlier... Um, Tommaso Ciampa is at the top of the stage and out comes Johnny Gargano with his title and they both hold the belts in the air. Yep. And then, so, DIY back together, yeah. kind of. then two-man power trip, mate, isn't it? Yeah. And then when the cameras went off? Yeah, well, when, when the show finished... Um, uh, I'm going to draw a blank now. Uh, so Velveteen was, Dream yeah, Velveteen wasn't on, Dream, that's the one. he wasn't having he didn't have a match but they featured him two or three times on the show like just in the crowd like getting out of limo with some women and sitting in the crowd yeah and then after the show he got up and confronted them both and then um, Adam Cole came Adam out Adam Cole came out and Ricochet Ricochet came out to confront him and then Alistair Black had got up and was coming up to the thing and yeah. it ended up in a six man brawl like three on three brawl yeah and I got really excited because I thought well Elimination chambers are at corner. Do you think there's a chance they're going to do an NXT elimination chamber? There's six guys. There's a six-man match coming up. And then they announced that, oh, there's some big game going on next week. Right, so <laughs> we're jumping ahead today. So in this brawl, uh, Steve Carino were there, splitting people up. Yeah. And uh, Scotty Too Hotty. <laughs> Scotty Too... Uh, until, like, for everyone you pointed it out to, everyone's kind of... And, oh, no, Scotty Too Hotty. Oh jeez, that's Scotty too hot. He doesn't look like, of course, like he's in his fifties now. Yeah, he's not going to spike his hair or whatnot. Yeah, he's barely got any hair left. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, 
the next night, uh, we'll talk about this now because it all links into NXT. Uh, but the next night on the Royal Rumble pre-show, uh, kickoff show, uh, Shawn Michaels were there in his in his uh, Sunday best, weren't he? Yeah. Oh, he's a mess. He's an absolute mess, isn't he? Like, if I'm being <laughs> honest. So he's there. He's got an NXT UK T-shirt on. He's got an NXT baseball cap on and a, a sports coat. <laughs> yeah, which about which it looked. Someone definitely gave it in before he went on air saying you can't just go out on a t-shirt and baseball cap. Yeah. Uh, so he announced that there's, like you just said, a big game going on. Which we were insisting was Vince McMahonism that, oh, I'm not going to say Super Bowl because the XFL's coming back next year. Yeah. But no, we um, Graham told us that uh, the NFL are a bit litigious when it comes to people mentioning the Super Bowl without giving them money. So they have to say, there's a big game coming up next week, which I understand is super and they're doing halftime heat. <laughs> yeah. But instead of like before when they did the empty arena match and they taped it and had that great camera angle of the forklift trapping the rock and then the rock shocked face, um, we're getting a live six man tag match from the performance center. Yeah. On the network. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, it seems a bit it's a good idea, but at the same time, like if you watch it Super Bowl, there's annoyance Maroon Five hour, I'll give you that one. Um are you really going to go, oh, it's halftime. I'm going to put my Xbox on, load up the BB Network, watch this match live. Well, you're not, um, are you? No. Nah, like, it, like, it, it, like, if we're on another to... channel, it'll literally just be, I'll just flip over this channel and I can flip back in case halftime's finished. Yeah, but like to put it into perspective, like if you put it like for FA Cup for us, like, yeah, at halftime, you might not want to hear what Gary Lineker's got to say. Mm. But you'll go make some food, or you'll nip to Lou. That you know, it's your break, isn't it? Like you, yeah, it's half time. Yeah, so you don't have to like sit and watch TV. Yeah. Like yeah, if you don't like Maroon Five, can you name all the members of Maroon Five? I can't even name lead singer. He's called Adam Levine. Adam Levine. I knew it was something like that. Uh, no, I can't. Me neither. What's the point in Maroon Five? There's no point in him. Okay. Um, yeah. So the yeah, if you don't, Did wanna... they do she will be loved. Yeah. Yeah, I know two of their songs then. What's the other one? Uh, what Like Jagger, is it? Yeah. Moves Like Jagger. Mo- yeah, Moves Like Jagger. Whatever yeah. it is. Uh, they, they, they just, you know. I'm not going to go as far as I do with Ed Sheeran because there's a bit of, of something there, I guess. But yeah, they're just not for me. I'll, I'll be nice about it. Okay. It's not for me. Um. Yeah, so like you, you just have a little break, wouldn't you? You, you, don't, you don't need to. I don't know. Like, I, don't think, I don't think I would. I just think about like Flick how over. generally lazy I am. That if I was interested in watching the Super Bowl and I was watching it live, it'd just be the thing of, oh, well, I'm watching this, but I'm going to turn on Xbox and go on network and watch that. And then... By the time you've got it all loaded up, it'll yeah, exactly. switch it back over. Exactly. Like, I'm more like, if it was on like USA Network or something, you could understand because like, I don't know how many channels difference it is in America, depending on your cable network, I guess. But it's, if, if you watch FA Cup, uh, you watch the FA Cup final, but on Channel 3, there's like, I don't know, Ariel TV Burp or something. TV Burp, I haven't been on in years, I know. But you'd be like, oh, I can't be asked watching talk. I'll just flip across to TV Burp for 15 minutes. Like, that's easy. That's two button presses. Yeah. I'm not having to turn on a whole other system to do it. Yeah. I'll... I know it's, it's a minor thing because you could, there's other ways, isn't there? I'm just being really pedantic about it and being lazy. Yeah. I, I just don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see, really see. A, a need for it to be honest it's not even if it was a big match where they could I don't if they're doing like here's what they should have done as much as I like them putting over NXT because I really love NXT 
Should have been Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, empty arena match. Yeah, that probably would have worked. Do a full-on callback, do an empty arena match, and Braun Strowman destroying an arena on top of Baron Corbin. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd turn my Xbox on for that. Yeah. Actually, no, I'll just watch it later, won't I? But I'd watch it at least. I'll I'll watch it if I've got no better to do. <laughs> yeah. It's just... So, listeners, if you've got nothing better to do, uh, join us after this break where we will run down the Royal Rumble 2019. Welcome back. How was your break? I was good. I had a good gulp of water. Um, are you ready to run down Royal Rumble 2019? Which in Royal Rumble tradition, Royal Rumble tradition is just finishing now. There we go. Royal Rumble. It was a long show, weren't it? It was. I, I'm so good because so I got, I was fashionably early to the party Um. And we we put on the pre-show, and you saw the pre-show was two hours, and just went, oh, we're not having that, and just skipped it an hour ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, the party was due to start in, a, in yeah. an hour, so, so I was you like, timed we, it right. Yeah, so I just skipped an hour ahead. So we but it, the last if I'd hour. have showed up two hours early, there's no way we'd have watched two hours of pre-show. No, nah, I'd have put some else on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, we did watch on the. Pre- so we missed the weird tag match that was made for no reason. Yeah, I read about that. I only read about that the other day. I didn't know it had happened. So it was Bobby Roode and Chad Gable against Scott Dawson and Razor. Yeah. With the promise that Offers of Pain and The Revival will get tag title shots if that team won. Okay, why not just do a triple threat tag match? Because one Offers of Pain's injured. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, he's out for a few weeks having knee surgery, I think. Okay. Um... Why not just do Spud and Razor then, like in in the in the tag? Or just do the revival versus them. Yeah. To be honest, if it wasn't for this match, I wouldn't be able to tell you who the Raw Tag Team Champions were. I'd have probably said Offers of Pain still. Okay, so we didn't watch this, so let's just move on. But we watched Nakamura versus Rusev. Nakamura, who won the Royal Rumble last year and was one of the title matches at WrestleMania, is here on the pre-show once again. <laughs> Winning back the US title, it the kind of hilarious thing to me. So one of my big complaints about uh, how the Rumbles ended up last year was at WrestleMania, how the women's match and the ending of it was used to set up the end of the men's title match. And it led to a terrible heel turn. Um, whereas this year, Nakamura's match is used to put over an angle that ultimately bet benefits Becky Lynch and does because Graham will complain about it continuously which is why this match is worth talking about <laughs> yeah so later on in the show L- Lana attempts to enter at number 28 but gets replaced Yeah, and, and it's all set up here because uh, she's up on the apron and uh, Nakamura goes over to her to like tell her to get down and Nakamura's undoing the uh, corner pad 
Okay. He, he was undoing the corner pad and Lionel jumped up on the apron and was trying to shout to the referee, he's a cheater, he's cheating. And the referee comes over and tells Lionel to get down while clearly watching Nakamura <laughs> take the corner buckle off. Yeah, but Nakamura comes over to her because that's when Yeah, Rus- he comes over to her and then... Um, Rusev runs over to like hit him, but he moves out of the way and Rusev hits Lana. She falls off the apron and then he shouts to her, what are you doing? Get up. Get up. Lana, get up. up." And then he gets kneed in the back of the head and pinned. Yeah. It's kind of annoying that Nakamura came in with a lot of hype and then Dolph Ziggler killed him and now his corpse is low-blowing people and wearing terrible jumpsuits. Um, And then Rusev was one of the most over guys on the roster last year and he's still on pre-show duty. Yeah, well, you can't all be on main show, can you? Yeah, but I'd imagine that if you were saying it about Chad Gable. Like, a really good athlete, and fans seem to like him, but, you know, it's not there. Russo, like, gets ridiculous chance still, and he's here on the pre-show. Okay, well, I'm just looking down the card now, like the, the main card. I'd have had him at Rumble. And there's only one, other than the Rumble, there's only one match that he could fit in. Because the rest of them are like... Actually, no, there's a match I would have taken off this show. <laughs> what match would you have taken off? You know which match I'd have taken off this show. <laughs> which one? <laughs> the tag match. Oh, that's the match I was saying he could have probably fit in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But that match didn't really have a place on the show, apart from the fact that... I mean, there's yeah. one more pre-show match, because no yeah. one's bothered about the pre-show, so we'll just quickly do it. So, uh, Buddy M- Murphy defeated Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Callisto. This was all right, this. Yeah, but it's for the Cruiserweight title. Nobody cares. Yeah, that's the only problem. But they're having the Cruiserweight matches are always really good. Like, I, I think I say this every time. They always have really good matches. Even when Buddy Murphy spams Buddy Murphy spams New Japan finishes before he does his own finish. Yeah, you got really mad, didn't you? I didn't get mad. It was it were a slight annoyance that he did. Um, he literally did um, the Kamigoye, Kotobushi's finish. and uh, So he did a V-trigger, Kamigoye, another V-trigger, and then uh, hit the... Um, Murphy's Law, yeah, which is just this spinny. Um, it's kind of like the Piper's Pit move Ronda Rousey does, but slightly better. It's a pump handle version of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this match, and we were talking about how uh, Hideo Itami, yeah, he, he looks like he's eating Kenta. Um, <laughs> he just don't care anymore, and that's been proven. <laughs> we'll get onto that later. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll get onto that on the, Sunday, the, on the Saturday week, or Sunday. Uh, yeah, the show, weekend, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, first match of the actual card um, was uh, the singles match for the WWE Women's Championship. Uh, the champion Asuka defended her title against Becky Lynch. This was the best not non-rumble match on this card. Uh, yeah, probably. I, yeah. I don't know whether it's because I was kind of burnt out <laughs> by some of the other singles matches, but I thought this match was absolutely fantastic. Um Asuka's got Aurora back a little bit. And I think the finish of this match will really help with that too. They're, they're fixing Asuka. They broke her for so long and they've kind of gone, oh, this this old toy might have some life in it. And they're, they're, they're fixing her. Well, they're getting there. Like, I, yeah. I'm more happy with how she's been booked now than I was, but we'll, we'll just wait. I mean, let's wait. How much better can she do than tapping out the hottest star in WWE? Because we've not got to Elimination Chamber yet when uh, Charlotte beats her for the belt, mate. What, you think they're going to have both belts in the same match? Or? Maybe, I don't know. I, Charlotte Flair's going to be in that triple... It's going to be a triple threat, isn't it? Let's wait till weekend to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Asuka 
was absolutely brilliant this match. Becky Lynch is Becky Lynch. She's the man. She's she's absolutely she's been fantastic for a long time, and she's getting to she's now getting the acclaim for it. Yeah, and her and Asuka are really really good together. And I really, really enjoyed this match. And the finish shocked me. Because you could imagine, like, I think as soon as, as soon as the finish happened, I was shocked. And it was like, well, Becky Lynch is getting in the Royal Rumble somehow and winning it then. Because whenever anyone's about to do something big, they have to do a clean loss on the way to doing it. Unless you're Brock Lesnar. Unless you're Seth Rollins, mate. Did Seth Rollins not lose? No, he beat Drew McIntyre. Oh, okay. On the Raw before uh, Royal Rumble. Oh. Yeah. It was that'll be another swerve to make us think Becky Lynch weren't gonna <laughs> be involved in the Rumble somehow then, obviously. Because they think ahead on that thing type of thing. Yeah. Um normally it's just like Seth Rollins losing clean to Randy Orton off a really good RKO and then cashing money in the banking and being the like the last thing you see on WrestleMania with the title. Um But yeah, uh, Asuka tapped out Becky Lynch to a modified version of the Asuka lock. Which is like a cattle mutilation version of it. Yeah, it was yeah, it, good, weren't it? It was very yeah. good, yeah. Um, I, I was really, really happy about this match. Like, I'm still, I'm still a bit like, I'm smiling thinking about it. Just how good Asuka was in this match, especially because we've had to see her lose to Carmella, and yeah. that wasn't bad enough. And then see her disappear for months, and then for the WWE to remember she exists when the crowd pops for her in a random segment, and then to go, oh yeah, we have Asuka. She's good. Let's do stuff with her. Oh dear. Talking of good wrestlers, mate, the next match featured no, no. the best in the world. So, why was this on the show? Wait, so wait. it was the bar, Cesaro and Sheamus defending their SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships against The Miz and the best in the world, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon did one thing in this match that looked all right. What it is, punches? No. No. It was. It was the very last thing he did. So everything else in the match was terrible. Like this was like people complaining about Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles being boring and stuff. This was bad. It was so bad. I was pre- preparing food for a lot of this, so I didn't really yeah. see it. So the Miz is a better heel than he's a babyface or pretending to be a babyface. The Miz is best when he's an arrogant heel. Okay. When he's anything else, he's a bit boring and bland. Like, can you remember when they did that thing with him and Ric Flair for a bit? Yeah. And how bad it was? Yeah. He's doing that now, but with Shane McMahon. <laughs> and how bad it was when he did it with Ric Flair, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah, one of and the you're greatest wrestlers, say, but not the you're best gonna say in best the world. In the world. But let's forget about the funny joke. <laughs> he's doing that with Shane McMahon now. The Miz is bad when he's not arrogant heel, and he's doing this hero worship thing with Shane McMahon, who is terrible. Like, he was never great. Yeah, but he's going to turn on him at some point. Yeah, he's going to turn on him at some point, and we're going to get a match that's going to be surprisingly good at WrestleMania. I know how this story goes. Yeah. (laughs) But, no, it's this thing with Shane McMahon. He was never a great wrestler, though. He he had good spots. Yeah, he's a a stunt guy. Yeah, Yeah, he's a stunt guy. And he was a great stunt guy 20 years ago when he started doing these stunts. And then there's been a few moments over the last few years where it's like, okay, you can drag some art when he's in there with the right opponent. This match, I like I like Cesaro a lot. Sheamus in this tag team, perfect. This is the this is Sheamus' spot for me. Like that team is brilliant. But you put him in there with the Miz doing bland character and Shane McMahon who can't do anything apart from his one stunt right. And his one stunt this time was 
a shooting star press that literally looked like they'd hooked lines to him and spun him in the air like it's an amateur production of of Robin Hood. Not Robin Hood. Peter Pan is what I'm thinking of. They both wear green. You can see how I got that confused. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, the way he spun was kind of like, it didn't look right. Did it Robin looked, Williams it looked... play them both in live action versions? I don't remember him playing Robin Hood. Okay. He played Pan. Okay. In Hook, was it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, uh, Robin Hood was Kevin Costner in um, the big Robin Hood production. And then there was Prince uh, Prince uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, which was uh, Carrie Ilse. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> going away <laughs> for this. But yeah, this didn't need to be on the card. The only reason it was on the card is because one of the last names was McMahon. I don't no, think I you wish... made your feelings clear on whether you like, like this or not. I, I, I get the funny joke. It's funny. He's the best in the world. Yay. It's funny. <laughs> I, don't but... think, I don't think you find it very funny, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I find it funny on a base level, but then we have to watch these matches. We have to watch him have matches with people. And it's fine when he's in there with AJ Styles because despite AJ Styles' horrible opinions about things, he's an excellent wrestler. When he's having matches with people at and Kevin Owens, he can have a good match. In this match, it's not very good. And he did one good thing in it. And that's luckily, it's the very last thing in the Eric Bischoff principle about as long as the finish is good, the rest of it doesn't matter. No, it does matter because we had to sit through it. And this show was five hours long and this was partly responsible for the long length of this show. Stop it, Shane. Go away. Go back to China. Okay. Yeah. Um, were you more impressed with the singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship, which was Ronda Rousey defending her title against Sasha Banks? This is the best Sasha Banks match probably since she's been on the main roster. Did she have face on when she walked out? Yeah, face like thunder. <laughs> In the promo that was a pre-tape, she had the face like thunder already. So you knew, like, she knew her role in this. But, right. I'm going to say something weird now. I'm I'm going to try and word it properly because I don't want it to sound like I'm having to go at Ronda Rousey. You were being quite sexist, weren't you? Were you being racist? No, I wasn't being sexist or racist. I can't remember what started it, but then the whole night's joke became, I'm a horrible sexist. (laughs) 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 The entire night. (laughs) Which, to be fair, some of the ways you got into that did work out pretty funny. Oh, dear. Is your phone ringing? My phone's ringing, but I'm not going to answer it because... It's my other half, and she's been in a bad mood with me today because I ate cake. <laughs> so she doesn't listen to this, mate. <laughs> she doesn't listen to it, no. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I ate the cake she wanted to eat, so <laughs> she's annoyed at me. <laughs> I'll tell that part of the story. That's why she's angry at me. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that came at a good time, didn't it, when you just accused me of being a sexist? It did. Um I tried to make it up. I've done all the chores around the flat and stuff to, to make okay. it better. Um, of course, normally I make her do them. There, you've got your sexist <laughs> moment. <laughs> anyway. Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks. Ronda right? Rousey versus Sasha Banks. I'm going to try and word this right because I don't want it to sound like I'm going to go to Ronda Rousey because she's a she's really good. And especially considering the length she's been wrestling, she's very good and she has great matches nearly every pay-per-view. Sasha Banks made this match. I don't think Ronda Rousey was anything to do with the performance of Sasha Banks in this match. It wasn't a case of like, like I've been talking about AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. I, I don't feel like it was Sasha Banks being terrible for a while, but she's got a good opponent here and they gelled well. Like a lot of the NXT stuff I talked about. I don't feel it was that. I feel like this was Sasha Banks going, this is the most high profile match I've had in a long time. Um, so she was more motivated. She was more motivated and... 
I think Ronda's... The one thing I'll give Ronda is, because she's so new at this, she will definitely let the other person... like they'll, Of course, again, there'll be agents involved in the match, and they'll help put stuff together. But she'll put a lot more faith in her opponent to do things, even though Ronda's the star of it, ultimately. So Sasha was able to do a lot more and show a lot more that she wouldn't necessarily get to show in these matches, because for whatever reasons, whether it's un- like not being motivated enough normally, or whether it's the matches are put together by an agent... And they're not really meant to like for her to shine as much. They were given quite a bit of time to go here, and Sasha came across so well in this match, but with again without diminishing Ronda's part in it. Yeah, and uh, at the end of the match, Sasha Banks was walking down the ramp or mm. down the entranceway. Uh, Rousey caught with her to shake her hand, and Sasha Banks shoved four fingers up. Like a four horsemen, four horsemen inside. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're 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 going there, aren't we? Uh, apparently, you went there. Yeah, four yeah. four, four horsewomen. <laughs> yeah, of wrestling versus MMA. I know. I've I've been listening to some people saying, "Well, when's this match going to happen?" Fast lane. When's that? It's in March. You know, well, if they're going to do this match, they're not going to wait a year for Ronda to have a kid and get back into ring shape and everything they're going to want to do it because they've got all eight people here now yeah who knows what will happen in a year and a half time so if they're going to if they're starting to tease it they're not teasing it to have it a year and a half down the line WB memories don't work that long do you think they'll even do it like it seems weird they're throwing out the four horsewomen thing right, so Becky Lynch threw four fingers up in air when she walked down to the ring for her title match yeah, yeah. to Bailey, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, do do you think maybe WrestleMania ends with Becky Lynch winning the belt earlier in the night? Um, Charlotte's won the SmackDown belt, and also earlier in the night or at the previous pay per view, uh. Sasha Banks and Bailey have won the women's tag titles, and at the end of WrestleMania, they all come out on the stage in a similar way to Johnny Gargano coming out on the stage and throwing I, the floor. I, I don't see that happening for two. For I, I can give two reasons. Go on. First off, I don't think they would have WrestleMania end with Sasha and Bailey. Well, no, the main event's the yeah. main event, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I but... know. I mean, I don't think they'd want them involved in the ending of WrestleMania because they don't see them as high enough talent. Like, the end of WrestleMania, the last image needs to be powerful and big. And I don't think they... So what's more powerful and big, especially in this day oh, and no, age, I, I, with, I, with four women... I agree with you ...closing on the thing. show, all with belts, all looking strong. I'm doing my, how does Vince McMahon think about things? Yeah, but how and... does Stephanie and Triple H think about things? You can't... Yeah, Vince has got the ultimate say, but... You can't deny that those two have got his ear. In that, in those three, I think Triple H would be outvoted on this. I think Stephanie would side with Vince that Sasha and Bailey just aren't aren't as marketable as the others, and it's more powerful to have just Becky Lynch stood at the end because she's the star going forward rather than teaming her up with three other people, and especially one who I think she will be facing, which is my second reason. Charlotte's getting added to that match. Okay, well, she's not going for the match. She's getting added to that match because there is no way they're not going to force Charlotte into that somehow and not have Charlotte be involved in this massive, what probably will be the main event of WrestleMania. 
if you want to hear more about that listeners tune in at the weekend because we will be discussing where charlotte flair goes and uh how she fits into the main event picture yeah so you're getting all your reviews today and on sun i think i will put out sunday morning we'll go back to sunday mornings okay um sunday morning will be us coming up uh 10 things to look for in the next two months okay we'll have a better name by the time the show comes out so the next match was the women's Royal Rumble match. It's women's. Um, so I've got the list of entrance eliminations here. Okay. Um, so I'll start reading stuff out, and then if you want to stop me to talk about stuff, you can. Okay. So entrance number one was Lacey Evans. So I'll instantly jump in here. Okay. They gave Lacey Evans promo time. Yep. Um, there's a part of me that thinks this was a five-hour show. You don't need to give people promo time in a match like this one. Um, especially when you're going to do it in the men's one as well, but I guess they just wanted to mirror things and look, we're equal. And you don't really need to it, but then at the same time, they're obviously in on Lacey Evans. Like they obviously think much a bit for her to on a debut pay per view event. She's been given mic time. Uh, entry number two uh, was Natalia. She was the performer in this match that lasted the longest. She also beat Sasha Banks' record from last year. Okay, so she lasted 56 minutes and one second. I think Sasha went 54, if I remember right. Uh, but she only eliminated two people in the whole match. Yeah, it's Natalia, isn't it? They like putting her over as legend, but they don't like doing stuff with her. Yeah. Uh, entry number three was Mandy Rose. Yeah. Uh, entry number four uh, lasted eight seconds. <laughs> uh, Liv Morgan. See, out of the two of those... Liv Morgan is the better one. And it annoys me that they do this. Well, I get it like as it's reason later on in the match, but I wish they'd do more with the Riot Squad in general because I really like the Riot Squad. I think they're really, really good. Uh, entry number five, Mickey James. Entry number six, Ember Moon. Ember Moon, who got injured in this match. Yeah. She hurt her, shoulder, hurt her elbow and she's got to have surgery and... It looks like she'll be out for a few months. It's a shame because she's another one who I feel like they should do something with. Uh, entry number seven was Billy Kay. So when she came out, she was <laughs> stalling, weren't she, to yeah. get in the ring? She was waiting for her partner to come down. See, the the iconics, they're not the best wrestlers, but they're really, really enjoyable to watch. Just they're ridiculous caricatures of people. Yeah, and I find them very entertaining. Uh, entry number eight was Nikki Cross. Yeah, she got a big pop as well. Like she yeah. got a pop. It was yeah. like she got. I think she'd had the biggest pop of the show, of the rumble so far, yeah. and one of, she had got one of the biggest reactions out of the, everyone in the rumble. So then, entry number nine, uh, Peyton Royce. Yep, came out to help Billy Kay. They got to team up. Yep. Uh, number ten was Tamina. Why? Why? <laughs> Why is she? St- she has proof. That's the only way I can think that she is in WWE still because she's terrible. She's so bad. Like, it's not even like Juice didn't last this long. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's not the lineage of it. She has proof. That's the only explanation why why she's here because she could barely do anything now. Who's Juice? Deuce. Um, oh, Ju- oh, Juice. Deuce yeah. from Deuce and Domino. Uh, now, Domino's cool. Remember. Zia Lee was number eleven. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. Even though 
she messed one or two things up, I think, early on in this. But yeah, she's she's really good. Um, she impressed up me on classic. Sarah Logan was number twelve. Yep. Who? Oh, by the way, Sarah yes. Logan was on NXT the night before. She was one of the Vikings for the War Raiders entrance. We didn't talk about the War Raiders entrance. They had a big Viking entrance and yeah. stuff where they got people like banging on shields and stuff. Sarah Logan was one of them. Oh, well, she's married husband's... to yeah, she's yeah. married to Raymond Brown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number thirteen was Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Um, so Graham was ranting about this. So we'll explain because earlier we mentioned about how Graham is very annoyed about who entrant twenty eight was. Yeah. Um, Daryl provides us a bingo card to do in the Rumbles every year. It's a lot of fun. Um, it, and this year, he gave us, on each bingo card, there were six of us, and we had five random numbers. And if we won one of these spots, then we would get two Mystery Pop vinyl figures, like the mini Mystery Pop vinyl figures, which yeah. were great prizes. I'm saying that because I didn't get like Dean Ambrose. But Dean Ambrose was not in it, was no, it? No, wasn't it. You, no, you could have got Kevin Nash in pants. Yeah, Kevin Nash in pants. But <laughs> I got Steve Austin and Bret Hart, which is kind of perfect for me. Because yeah. Bret Hart's my favourite wrestler, and Steve Austin, you know... Beat, like, his, beat his yeah, wife. This is, <laughs> I was giving you that one from what you said. That was one of the good ones. Just reminded me, oh yeah, Steve Austin. It's cancelled, isn't it? Um, but then, so um, Graham is disputing because he not only got Charlotte Flair on his random number draw, but he also got um, Alexa Bliss. Um, and the other reason he was complaining was because he was insisting, as he did on the show last week, that Charlotte Flair was going to be number three. And she was going to last till the end so she could be like a dad, like yeah. everything else. But they, they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. She did last uh, 50 minutes, though, so she lasted quite a long time. Yeah, she did last a long Well, it's Charlotte, isn't it? Yeah. I, I do really enjoy this, like, random, like, troublesome teenage goth phase she's going through where she's trying to be Becky Lynch. It, it does make <laughs> me laugh a lot. Uh, next up was Entrant 14, Kyrie Sane. Entrant 15. It's good to see Kyrie Sane in this. Um, always love Kyrie Sane. It's like I was saying the thing. She's a real life Disney princess, but she can kick people's asses and she's great. Uh, Entrant 15 was Maria. Uh, I've been informed that I've got to say that Graham called it last week that Maria was going to be the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he did, and he was very happy when she came out. That he was the, the only reason to be happy is if you called it and other people disagreed with you, <laughs> because. It, see, Tamina, Maria, and Alicia Fox being in this Rumble really shows the difference in how far women have come in WWE, doesn't it? Because Alicia Fox is kind of like in the middle of it all. Like, she, she's kind of bad, but she can kind of hang around with the girls now. But those three are so bad compared to everyone else. <laughs> and it just shows, like, how far we've come from the Divas title. Yeah. Uh, the next entrant was Naomi entrant 16 yeah um so she got um a really great she tried to do a Kofi spot again this year and I I had to rewatch it again because I found it absolutely hilarious and brilliant um so she ends up she's on the apron and Ma- she eliminated Mandy Rose Mandy Rose tries to power bomb her off the apron she moves back like falls backwards on into a handstand position and kicks Mandy Rose off her then balances herself on the barricade like still in a handstand gets onto the barricade walks along it and jumps back onto the steps to avoid elimination and then Mandy Rose just shoves her off 
<laughs> all those times when Kofi Kingston's done those, I'm sure we've sat there and said, why don't someone just like sign the rope and shove him off the chair he's jumping on or something? Like it, it was absolutely brilliant and it led to a big brawl and stuff and also meant they didn't overshadow what a newcomer got to do in her little spot as well. Okay, so next in was Candice LeRae. Yeah, that was a surprising one, I thought, like out of the people to bring up from NXT to do this. Um, she deserves it. She's been doing this for years and she's very good. So it was good to see her, but it just felt like a weird one. Then uh, one of your personal favourites next, Alicia Fox. Yeah, Alicia Fox was in there. Then entry 19. I'm not sure how to pronounce this right. It's Casey Catanzaro. Yeah, Catanzaro, yeah. Yeah, yeah so American Ninja Warrior Girl. And you guys didn't watch the Mae Young Classic. No. So I, 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 like, when she came out, I was like, oh, this should be interesting. Because I knew about the one spot that she did that really impressed people where she does the handstand on the top rope and does, like, a move in, back into the ring. And she got to showcase that. And then also she got her Kofi moment where um, she kind of, like, climbed like a monkey up the ring post. It was really weird and impressive to see. Yeah. Where she, like, she did a handstand from the side and then wrapped her legs around the ring post upside down and shimmied her way back up and into the ring. And it was ridiculously impressive, but Ninja Warrior stuff, in it. Entrant 20 was Zelina Vega. Selena Vega. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she had a bit of a face-off with Candice LeRae, didn't she? Yeah. Because uh, that's all of a callback to uh, when Andrade, when he had a last name and a middle name, yeah, uh, was in NXT. With, yeah, uh, he had that five-star match with Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Um, and then she decides not to get in the match and get under the ring instead. Yeah, so she was hiding under the ring for quite a bit of it. Yeah, um, until... Ruby Riot came out later, and that's when. Well, Ruby Riot, Ruby Riot, Ruby Riot. So Ruby Riot comes out, and by this point, Liv Morgan's been eliminated. Um, Sarah Logan's been eliminated, and they come back out with her. And what they do is the first person, all three of them grab someone's leg, drag them underneath the bottom rope, beat them up, put them back in the ring so Ruby Riot can get in and eliminate them. And then it becomes this thing where all three of them are just ganging up on people and throwing them out. And each time they throw someone out, Zelina Vega comes back from underneath the ring to point and laugh at them like Nelson from The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, she does it once or twice. And I think it's on the third time she comes out to laugh at someone who's been eliminated. And next to her appears Hornswoggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no bookmaker in the world that would have given you odds on Hornswoggle showing up, not as an entrant, just randomly in the women's... Royal Rumble to chase Zelina Vega around. Yeah. Like, it's just the most random thing. Like, that's the type of thing where me and you would say just sillily, like, it'd be funny if Hornswoggle just got out in the middle at Rumble and chased one of women about, <laughs> wouldn't it? Just a silly thing that would never happen. But it did. Yeah, and it did happen. Yeah. And uh, just to be clear on the uh, bingo thing, I, I did believe you were right because he wasn't an entrant in the Rumble not to give that surprise entrant box no, he, to anyone who yeah, wants he was, a ticket. Because it's surprise entrant, so he wasn't I, an entrant. I was sticking up for you because I really appreciate the bingo stuff. Yeah. Like, I think it's really R- good. Rules are rules, it. and you've got to be a stickler for the rules. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah, Graham. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's why Graham's banned from this week's show because he doesn't follow <laughs> the rules. <laughs> and why he took out his aggressions in a McDonald's <laughs> in Sheffield Centre. <laughs> 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 uh, so after Ruby Riot was uh, Dana Brooke yeah Dana Brooke's still employed 
Yeah. I'm not saying that as a dig at Dana Brooke. It's just a surprise. that They only seem to remember she's employed when they need a load of women for summer. Actually, the, the thing wasn't surprise entry. It was surprise return. Surprise return, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, a lot of these were surprise entrants. Because yeah. a lot of the NXT ones, but they weren't returns, were they? Yeah. yeah. Um, so after Dana Brooke was Io Shirai. Yeah, um, another one really glad to see in it. She didn't get to show much in this match. But by this point, the ring was a bit clogged up as well. And yeah. it's kind of hard to shine when you've got so many people in the ring. Uh, following Io Shirai was entrant 24, Rhea Ripley from NXT UK. Yeah, I was happy to see Rhea Ripley in this. Um, it shows how massive Rhea Ripley is as well. Like she, I, I really wanted to see more of her and Charlotte facing off. Yeah, I mean, they probably didn't want to give too much away, yeah. did they? But um, yeah, Rhea Ripley's brilliant and it's good to see her in this. Uh, next in, out 25, was Sonya Deville. And then entrant 26 was a returning Alexa Bliss. Yeah, yes. she's not had a match. She's not she? had a match in a long yeah. time, yeah. Um, entrant 27 was Bailey. Yeah. Entrant 28. So, entrant 28. Let's make, yeah, so we make this very clear right. for when Graham listens to this later no, no, on. No, 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 I'll make it clear. So, actually, can you, can you get, I, I'm guessing that they'll allow him to use his one phone call to get his phone, get some Wi-Fi download the podcast and listen to it in his cell where he's been questioned for, for raiding a McDonald's with a machete. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, no but... one was killed. That's why we're making jokes about it. One person was harmed, but he's fine. So it's okay. Right. <laughs> Lana walks out. Okay. And, and we, You say walked. Right. She, she struggled. So to she walk. hobbled out. Yeah. She was in no condition to perform. Um, and it did say on the graphic 28. Yeah. That she was entered 28. So yeah. I will con- then, so I will concede that. So then But then um, if you want to make the graphic argument, then why weren't uh, Braun Strowman in against Brock Lesnar still? Because there was a graphic for that as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> but um so she had the ankle injury and the uh producers or agents, whatever, came out and decided that um she couldn't compete. So they were telling her she had to go to the back and she was kind of crying about it and she was like sat on the floor because she couldn't move. Uh, King and of then... the King of the Women Fit Finley came out to check her out. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Becky Lynch came out. And what I've got here is uh, a quote. I think I could use Wikipedia, but anybody can edit Wikipedia, so it's not yeah. really a source that you can use. I mean, but... if if anyone could like anyone can edit it, and if someone was smart, he would go on Wikipedia. It, um, I'll just clarify this because <laughs> he'll have a dig about me saying that he is a smart person, because <laughs> he will. He'll pick at that. You know, he'll pick at it because the first, <laughs> within two seconds of you you uploading the podcast last week, he corrected your grammar. So he'll pick at it. I'm not saying he's not a smart person, but He'd be using his time. If he can get in prison uh, computers, he'd go on Wikipedia and change it and try and use that, wouldn't he? But he can't now because we've called him out on it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pre-crime. <laughs> so, I've taken this quote from the official WWE website, who, if we're going to trust anybody on who was which entrant, yeah. then... The man seized her destiny in the most emphatic way possible, persuading Fit Finley, of all people, to sanction her entry into the match in place of the injured number 28, Lana. So, Becky Lynch 
took Lana's place in the match, becoming entrant 28. She pretty much did. You know, did I don't know if I'm if this is a Mandela effect or I remembered. Did Eugene draw number four at thirty in one of the Royal Rumbles and someone spotted he had and switched the ball on him? Uh, I feel like I don't that remember. They had the Tombola thing and Eugene drew the number out and saw it was number thirty and was really happy. And whoever was next to him, like it was a big heel, switched the numbers and ran out. I seem to remember that being a thing. Maybe she pretty much did that, but with permission. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch number twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah, Becky Lynch is number twenty-eight. Uh, number twenty-nine was Nia Jax. Yeah, we'll get on to Nia Jax a bit more later. <laughs> yeah, and then number thirty to no one's surprise was Carmella. Yeah. I'm so glad they didn't do a dance break. <laughs> that made me really... Because I, I, I didn't think about it till afterwards, but if they'd have done a dance break, I might have just broke down and cried. Yeah. Because at this point, Graham had already let us know because uh, he, he, arrived fashionably, he arrived unfashionably late compared <laughs> to my fashionably early. And <laughs> he pointed out to us saying, do you know how long this show is? <laughs> I, I wish he hadn't have told us. <laughs> so uh, Becky Lynch won... The Royal Rumble. Yeah, Becky Lynch won. It was her and Charlotte to finish it off. Yeah. And uh, Becky gets the better after some apron work. And yeah, Becky Lynch is going to WrestleMania. So here's where we bring up another gripe I had with this show, apart from its long run time and Shane McMahon's inclusion on it. They didn't have a sign for him to point at. Well, no, they made a digital sign, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah, they put it on a screen. They didn't have a random sign hung up in the back of the arena that they try and not shoot until the moment someone points at it. Like it's a big reveal that there's going to be a WrestleMania sign. And this time, they didn't have a WrestleMania sign and they had to just put one on the screen. Do you think it's because they were in that baseball stadium? I mean, they that could, could have, be They couldn't figure a way to do it. But they still must have had rigging on in the stadium for the lighting and everything. Maybe it would have obscured the view if there was a sign hanging from the rigging. Yeah... I mean, it doesn't normally stop them, but... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, the, but know, they, the, they didn't have one. Yeah, they didn't have a sign. They could have hung it somewhere. Um, They should have projected it on the ring. <laughs> just randomly <laughs> just go, bang, point down, and the ring becomes a WrestleMania logo with a little shadow in the middle where it's Becky Lynch. Uh, next match was uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Yes, it was. Now... <laughs> I don't I don't know if this was a bad match or if it was just um because it followed the Royal Rumble it was just in a poor place on the card. I I think it was a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Like obviously these two are both absolutely fantastic wrestlers, but the style of match they chose to work like coming out of a big match and I get you need to kind of like give the crowd a breather, but by having a slow-paced match that builds up eventually that was quite long as well. Like they probably would have been better having Brock in this spot, having the Brock-Finn Balor match, because that wasn't going to go 20 minutes. It was going to be a fight, like all Brock matches are. Yeah. And it would probably been a bit better, because the crowd liked seeing Brock, and Finn Balor had done his entrance, flashed, uh, pointed out his bulge and all that, and everyone would have been happy. And, yeah, it would have been a whole thing. Can you tell that I watched Nobody's Watching Wrestling last night and the Ring of Honor review? Because I realise I've said apron work and pointed out Finn Balor's bulge, which is two no, things from that. No, I don't know what That's that it. is, but okay. It's, I sent you the link when they did Wrestle Kingdom because it's the drag queens who review wrestling. Okay. They talk a lot about costumes and stuff, and of course they point out Finn Balor's bulge. 
It's a bit um, hard to miss. So, part way through this match, right, Joe, you, know you said about getting odds for Hornswoggle. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Rowan decided he was just going to walk out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing, like, he walked out and all I thought was, so he's wearing a plaid shirt, so he's with Daniel Bryan then. Yeah. And uh, he's wearing a Tom Savini shirt. Okay. Cool. I like Tom Savini. I met him over here. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's a lovely, slightly intimidating, scary-eyed bloke, but he's lovely, really. He was. He did a uh, talk at Magna, and he showed off his whip skills. He's very good with a whip. Is he? Yeah, he, he's the effects guy for, like, um, he did Friday the 13th and a bunch of other big horror movies, and he was in From Dust Till Dawn and a few other films. Okay. But, yeah, so Ro- Rowan, Rowan with a yeah. uh, Daniel Bryan one. Yeah, Rowan... Uh, See, his appearance kind of just dumbfounded me. It wasn't like the Hornswoggle. It's like, oh, it's Hornswoggle, you know, a little bit. Yeah, it's around. like, what, what's really the like, worst one off the Bludgeon Brothers doing? <laughs> yeah, like, why ain't Luke Harper showing up and helping him? Like, Luke Harper looks like he eats meat, though. Like, you couldn't imagine him being a vegetarian. No. Or an eco-warrior. He, his whole gimmick where he were a trucker on in this. <laughs> it's not very eco-friendly. Someone did point out, though, because uh, he, he does brew wine. Um it's wondering whether he does a good vegan wine because why most wines aren't vegan because of the process used. They use like fish scale and stuff and okay. other bits. Didn't think you were getting a lesson in winemaking today, did you? No. Just grapes all. and stuff. <laughs> uh, there'll be more about Daniel Bryan and Rowan uh, on Sunday show. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar, universal title match, defeated Finn Balor by submission. Yeah. Um, Cra- crazy eye armbar. Yeah. Uh, you have seen the meme already, so you know what we're talking about because everyone's seen the meme. Um, yeah, Brock Lesnar always has good matches with these guys because it's almost like Paul Heyman goes to, oh, you, you know, you know, if you try in this match, it'll be really good. Um, this isn't, so we're not going to mention this on uh, the show coming up. It's worth mentioning that um, last year at WrestleMania when, when Brock Lesnar got, there was a story went around that he threw the belt at Vince and WWE denied it. Like their sources denied it to everyone. And then in the documentary that followed NXT, the 24 WrestleMania, it showed Brock Lesnar throwing the title at Vince, <laughs> just storming into Gorilla and chucking it at him. Um, yeah, it, it's quite, it's always good to see Brock Lesnar try in a match and he seems to get a lot out and he actually seems to enjoy these type of matches. Like especially like the Dan- like the AJ Styles one the other year was the first one that kind of opened his eyes. Daniel Bryan again, and it's almost like Paul Heyman says to him, "Yeah, try on this one." <laughs> well, do you think that he he tried because Finn Balor used to wrestle in New Japan? Nah, I don't. And, he, crap and about brought less to where IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, and then he held it to ransom and went off to IW I, IWF Genome, was it the, the other the new Inoki company after yeah. he got kicked out of New Japan? Yeah. Um, I oh, know. I imagine Brock Lesnar still has his New Japan World subscription up. Like he got it, so he could watch back his old matches. And yeah, yeah, you know, he's like, oh, I remember that. T- like, I can imagine him on his phone, just going to Nakamura backstage. Yeah, can you remember that time we had a match? Yeah, yeah I loved it, mate. We're good. And Nakamura's there, like that's not me. That's a different. That's a different human being. I'm a jumpsuit wearer now. Right. Let's move on to the Royal Rumble. Yeah. This, this show's about as long as the Royal Rumble. So. Men's Royal Rumble. It opened with Elias in the ring. Yes. Uh, wanted everybody to silence the cell phones and yeah. shut them out. So at first, 
I was a bit like, well, why are they having another person doing a promo? It was worth it, though, weren't it? Yeah, it was totally worth it. I actually watched segments of Raw this week because of our conversation. And also, the first one I watched, obviously, was the segment that involved these two people on Raw the next night as well. So, of all the people that could be entered number two, I would not have predicted this. No, and could you have been happier with it? I don't think I could have been. No. It was only Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've only seen Daryl that happy once before, and it was when he met Jeff Jarrett and had a photo with him. He looked, he was beaming. He, 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 he smiled lit up the room, which is, if you know Daryl, you know that's not like him. <laughs> nah, sometimes it hurts to smile, but how, how can you not smile when uh, Jeff Jarrett's back in his classic, classic ring gear with his stupid straps? J E double F J A double R E double T ain't I great? Ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, J- Jeff Jeff Jarrett um, spent one minute twenty seconds in the ring. Yeah. So um, but it w- it was the best one minute twenty seconds probably of my life. I I got really excited too because I was like, please say because Elias was a baby face last I heard, and I thought. He's gonna do with my baby tonight. Yeah, he's, he's gonna do with my baby tonight with him. This is gonna be great. Get Road Dog out and do with my <laughs> like actually do it. And they didn't. Spoiler, they did it the next yeah. night on Raw. It was awesome. <laughs> Entry number three, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Entry number four, <laughs> Zack Ryder. I mean, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt Angle. So. <laughs> on Daryl's bingo card, there was a square saying, Zack Ryder cries. And it meant Kurt Hawkins is in the Rumble and gets more eliminations than Zack Ryder. So not only, spoiler for later, Kurt Hawkins was in the Rumble and eliminated someone. Zack Ryder was supposed to be in the Rumble at number four, but they decided not to put him in. They said put Kurt Angle in to get the nostalgia pop, which means Zack Ryder cried. <laughs> Tick that box on your bingo card. Can we also point out that... <coughs> In WWE's sort of hierarchy of people, they everybody that I read out, they rank above Zack Ryder. <laughs> so uh, next out was Big E. Yep. Yeah. Then uh, jo- Johnny Gargano. Yeah, the first NXT surprise entrance. Oh, the show. can I get a wrestler fashions, please? Oh, I don't sing. Wrestler fashions. Yeah. That's all you have to do, mate. You have to like he can't even sing, can he? Like, if you, you want to hear me sing, you got to hunt out. He's always CDs out of key, and I have to, like, you have to go on to <laughs> Garage Band and auto-correct it for him so he sounds good. Um, So, all of New Day's ring attire was pop art of past Kofi Kingston uh, Royal Rumble spots. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. I quite like that. Uh, so, so, anyway, Johnny Gargano's out, entry number six. Uh, entry number seven, Jinder Mahal. Entry number eight, Samoa Joe. Entry number nine, Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, Kurt Hawkins on his massive losing streak. Technically, he got a bit of a win, but ultimately a loss. Uh, Entry number ten, the eventual winner, Seth Rollins. Yep. Uh, It's kind of weird that we don't have much to talk about. No. I do think this was the better Rumble match, but it was just generally good. Yeah, there weren't that many... Uh, sort of like standout spots from it. It was just a yeah better, better match, I think. Uh, entry number eleven, the person who Kurt Hawkins eliminated, 
uh, Titus O'Neil. So, um, who was it who was under the ring? Because that's how this whole... Oh, Kurt Hawkins had hit under the ring, hadn't he? Uh, because I don't remember. The reason I remember this is because Titus Slides Under the Ring was on your bingo card. Yeah. I needed it to complete a line, as did someone else, as I found out later. And we were waiting for him to get under the ring. And, and we had to clarify, if he just gets under the ring, does that count? And you said yes. Yeah. So the moment he knelt down, I crossed it out and shouted line and won my Steve Austin figure. Um, so um, it was Kurt Hawkins because he checked. Yeah, because so Kurt Hawkins had got under the ring to hide to try and up his chances. T- uh, Titus O'Neil came out and was like, oh, he's under the ring, isn't he? So Titus O'Neil jumps under the ring to kind of recreate the greatest rumble spot. Chases well, no, him. He played up on it a bit, didn't yeah. he? Because like, he sort of ran down, but then he stopped and then walked. Yeah. So uh, he climbs in the ring, and then Kurt Hawkins gets out on the other side of the ring. Titus O'Neil follows him. Kurt Hawkins runs into the ring. Titus chases him again, and Kurt pulls the rope, and Titus goes over, giving Kurt Hawkins his elimination, which made Zack Ryder cry even more. <laughs> How tw- is that the spot I remember from this rumble <laughs> so far, everything we've talked about? Entry number 12 was Kofi Kingston. Yep. 13, Mustafa Ali. Happy to see Mustafa Ali in it. I, I like what they're doing with him. 14, who we will talk about in great detail on Sunday, Dean Ambrose. Yep. Uh, however, I do want to, when we get onto the person who eliminated him, I want to talk about Dean Ambrose's elimination in this match. Okay. Uh, 15 was No Way Jose, who... <laughs> yeah, another one, like, we were shocked Dana Brooke was still employed. I had no clue the way Jose was still knocking about. Yeah, who uh, danced all his way down to the ring with his mates. How have they not just got him jobbing randomly every week? Like, he's all right, and he's he getting doing Adam Rose stuff. Yeah, he then got in the ring and was immediately eliminated. Well, he lasted two seconds. Uh, yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe eliminated him, and then he danced his way to the back. Yeah. Oh, that was a thing that happened with Samoa Joe and Johnny Gargano, was it? Where got, um, they did the... Um, Gargano went, like, jumped onto the second rope and tried to do a crossbody onto him and Samoa Joe walked out of the way casually. Yeah. Yeah, they, they brought back that spot for the first time in a while. Uh, Drew McIntyre was out next. Yep, Graham's boy. Yep. Uh, Xavier Woods was number 17. Yep. Uh, which, th- there was a weird spot with Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. I don't know if I looked away at some point, but uh, Xavier Woods was coming down to the ring. Then next thing I know, Kofi Kingston's jumped on him. Oh, yeah, so, uh, someone tried eliminating Kofi, yeah. and Xavier Woods saved him. Yeah, but I think Xavier Woods fell over, so <laughs> they had to sort of like rescue it somehow. But yeah, Kingston never hit the floor; like his feet never hit the floor. But was like, this the one where his foot, like he did land on the floor, but his foot was just slightly hovering yeah, then, over yeah, the floor? It, yeah, then he lifted it yeah. up high. Yeah. Next out, NXT UK champion. Oh, sorry, WWE United Kingdom champion Pete Dunne. Yeah, I was really happy for Pete Dunne being in the Rumble. Yeah. Um, and I thought he looked really good in the stuff he did as well. They gave him quite a few moments to shine in it. Yeah. Uh, entry number 19 was uh, Andrade, no surname. Yep. Just Andrade. Yep. Entry number 20 was Apollo Cruz. Yep, another one. Another one that uh, <laughs> WWE ranks higher than Zack Ryder. <laughs> but doesn't rank high enough to put on the show that often. <laughs> At least Zack Ryder got his return last week. Uh, number 21, and this is who I want to bring back to Dean Ambrose. So, entry number 21 was Alistair Black. Yeah, Alistair Black got a few good moments in this. Like... Yeah, so one of those moments was eliminating Dean Ambrose. Yep. So, he hit the black mass. Dean Ambrose 
uh, throws himself over the top rope. And then when he lands on the floor, he then does a forward roll. Now, I've seen this <laughs> uh, gift next to when Hogan punches Shawn Michaels, who then <laughs> throws himself over the top rope and does a forward roll. Yeah. Do you think Dean Ambrose stopped caring? Uh, I think he stopped caring a long while ago. I mean, he stopped showering, didn't he? <laughs> uh, the other Alistair Black thing I really want to mention is go back to Pete Dunne. Him and Pete Dunne had a really great interaction where Pete Dunne broke his fingers, Alistair Black goes for the black mass on him, and then like very, like very they showed it on camera and he was positioned at middle of the ring for the spot and everything, so everyone saw him do this to show how tough he was, where he grabbed his finger and pushed it back into place <laughs> from when Pete Dunne broke yeah, it. Yeah, it looked disgusting. Yeah, it was a really great visual and... Again, like like the night before where they managed to keep him really strong in defeat, um, they clearly have big plans for Alistair Black, and I'm very glad about that. Can remember when we saw him wrestling Cobb? <laughs> yeah, against Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I know, though, that was at the Academy. Oh, okay. We saw him wrestle Sammy Callahan at the Cobb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, next out was Shelton Benjamin. Ain't no stopping me now, apart from my terrible entrance music. Entry number 23, uh, everyone's favourite, Baron Corbin. Yeah, just like you least favourite waiter at that mid-level restaurant you sometimes go to on special occasions. Yeah, you never leave him a tip, would you? No, because he seems like he'd be a bit of a idiot. Yeah. I'm, to, I, I'm trying really hard not to put any more money in swear jar right now. Uh, entry number 24 was Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Do, 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 yeah. 25, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, and he had his uh, Aztec gear on again. 26, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. 27, Braun Strowman. Raw. Here's a fun one for you. Number 28, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler. I'm not going to be on the show. It's my first weekend off in 10 years. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you're going to be on the show, mate. They'll ring you up and be like, yes, been steady. And uh, who did Dolph Ziggler eliminate? My enjoyment of the match. Uh, he was Scottish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Graham. <laughs> yeah, Dolph Ziggler eliminated Drew McIntyre, so it was well worth him being in the Rumble, <laughs> to be honest. I'm glad he came back. It's no one that, with all the things we're mentioning, you can understand now why Graham might purchase a machete and go to McDonald's with it. <laughs> Forcing people to flee through the kitchens and into the offices above. Next out was Randy Orton. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, normally I'd be very down on him, but then what's coming next is worth it. So then uh, Countdown came up and three, two, one, our truth came out singing What's Up, much like when he sang out Jack Swagger and everyone were enjoying it. Yep. And then out comes Nia Jax and beats him up and then <laughs> enters herself into the Men's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yeah, and Graham, he, she is number 30 in the Men's Rumble even though it might have showed a graphic saying R-Truth, 30, Nia Jax took his spot. <laughs> so it becomes number 30 in the Rumble. So as she was walking down the road, I was like, oh, this is a really good idea and stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, what's going to happen here? Because they're always really anti this type of thing. And then it happened. Well, th I thought that, but then Graham reminded us all that they did Ronda Rousey and Triple H but that's Triple H in well, Ronda Rousey. Well, yeah, but they still did man on woman violence. Yeah, like, like as recently as last year. So, but I think with that as well, like thinking back to it, Ronda always got the upper hand eventually, though. Like Ronda always had the upper hand at the end of it. Whereas this, like I've seen a lot of criticisms and they're stupid um, <laughs> about 
the fact that this turned into a gang beating on Nia Jax by all the men in the match. Um, Nia Jax could probably batter half of them. I mean, you saw what she did to Becky Lynch's face. She did that by accident. Imagine what she'd do if she tried. She's pretty strong. You don't mess... Uh, to quote Dan Barry when talking about people like Jeff Cobb and stuff, he goes, you don't mess with the coconuts. Samoans are just tough people. You don't mess with them. Oh, I thought but, she entered herself into the match because she's not like most girls. Yeah, she's not like most girls. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, this is the best thing Nia Jax has done in, all, in a while. I re- like, this was good. Yeah. And I was really happy to see this. And the, the, act, the stuff they did, I have zero problem with any of it. And I, like, it's just silly. Like, anyone who... Like does the whole domestic violence argument? It's not though, is it? Like, do you do you think it's domestic violence when like Thanos punches Black Widow, which I guess might happen, or you know what I'm you can't talking have about? Spoilers, mate. You, you know what you know what I'm getting at though. Like, if it if this was a film, you'd like Black Widow can get battered by God knows how many people, or you know, like stuff like that, and it's never a problem. But then this spot happens, and you get that boxing promoter dude come out saying you're promoting domestic violence. Like, no. She's an athlete. They're athletes. Let's get like yeah, but I th- I think the argument. Well, that's obviously the argument what people were making with domestic mm. violence. The, the argument I'd make is, for the most part, and I say for the most part because there was a midget under the ring that chased somebody. <laughs> but for the most part, wrestling is presented as a simulated sport. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a professional, and I'm willing to be wrong. I'm just saying I can't think of one of a professional sport, and I'm not counting darts. Uh, darts isn't a sport. Good. No, I'm glad yeah. you said that, but I'm just saying I'm not counting it because I know they've done it. Uh, where tennis didn't want. Tennis didn't want. In a single, in a singles match. Yeah, they did, ten, they did, they did a, it. Yeah, uh, it was a really famous one. I can't remember the two people. There's a film about it with okay. uh, Steve Carell and Emma Stone in it. Did men man versus woman? Yeah, and they did it as a one-time yeah. deal. Okay, that's fine then. But then, like in in any of those other sports, would there actually be a problem with that? Uh, like y- y- I'm telling you now, if they did a man versus woman MMA fight, okay. and the man absolutely battered the woman, there would be uproar. I'm telling you now. Oh yeah, Costa would. But in terms of any other sport as well, though. So let's go. All from... right, I'll tell you. Right, if it's men and women in a football match mm. and a man pulls a woman to ground because it's a foul but it happens a yeah. man pulls a woman to ground right there's going to be uproar mate of course there is there'd be uproar but ultimately it's like what if she'll probably bre- get bre- up and take a freaking score if it, like... what, what, what if he goes in like like Ryan Shawcross and absolutely like breaks someone's leg <laughs> an innocent Welshman's leg like, <laughs> like... I just know that there's going to like <laughs> Because he's because he's reckless. Like, what, what if like reckless Ryan Shawcross? I can understand there's that, there's that part of it where you like you feel a bit like you know it shouldn't really have. But ultimately, like I kind of like the idea that like true equality is full equality. All right, and so I want to see uh, Zelina Vega get suplexed by Brock Lesnar thirty times, please. That'd be that that'd be my dream match at WrestleMania. Okay, that's fine. I I have zero problem with any intergender wrestling stuff as long as it doesn't get like like the only time I have a problem with it with it is when it becomes like a sexual innuendo thing and it just plays upon all that stuff which you don't see that much but I have seen it in the past and like what so I saw a match with uh, T Bone versus Viper and it was I, I think it was in a Rumble match actually 
I can't remember the exact specifics of it, but like you'd see those two and Viper's like wrestling ability and stuff. You're like, oh, actually, those two could have a good match, I bet. But instead, it turns into this thing where like he kept slapping her on arse and stuff, and then she decided she liked it, and it just became this whole thing, and it was a bit like, eh. yeah, it didn't really sit well. I don't know. I think for me, I I didn't none of this domestic violence rubbish like that. None of that were going through my mind when I were watching it but like I don't know for me it's just like one of the things where and yet you you brought up that tennis thing which I didn't know mm. about but that like it's not a usual thing that happens yeah Um, for me it should like the men have the men's matches the women have the women's matches and then they have the agenda matches which in theory should be the men versus the men the women versus the women Um. I am a bit of a hypocrite because I did really enjoy the Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey tag team match. Yeah. But I don't know. It was a one-time deal or it was a very rare occurrence. I, didn't, I don't mind it. Yeah. I just don't want it to be a regular thing where Nia Jax is going to be wrestling men all the time. And stuff like that. I think it's like, I am partially conditioned with this because like I'm going to Fight Club Pro tomorrow. There'll probably be a scramble match and it'll have men and women in it because they have the thing of it's not men wrestlers and women wrestlers. They're all wrestlers. Yeah. And you'll see some where like Session Moth will do a comedy spot stuff and then someone will just punch her in the mouth. Yeah. And they'll get heat for it and stuff. But ultimately she's a wrestler who can defend herself and we hold her on the same like athletic standard as the guy who hits her. And it's that they're all wrestlers, so they're all able to do everything that's in the ring. I suppose so, it's how you condition your fans and out the rules of your universe, isn't it? Yeah. Of, but of your show. I I'll go back to what I said before. True equality is full of quality. Just across the board, no men and women wrestlers. It's just wrestlers. That's the that's the the dream. That's the utopia. But we're never going to get that in WWE. I know that. Like it's, it'd be silly to that thing. Like, yeah, um, Becky Lynch is going to win title and then challenge Brock Lesnar for his title as well. It's not going to happen. But um, yeah, it's just my thoughts on it. So yeah, that's the Rumble. Seth Rollins and D- and uh, Braun Strowman were the final two, and Seth Rollins gets the win. Seth Rollins is going to Mania. Yeah. And he points at the screen that has the sign <laughs> on it. You've just got a billion from Fox. Don't skimp on the sign. But they just bought a new screen, mate. <laughs> it's just a bit... It's what you do when you get a cash bonus. You buy a new TV. That's what they've done. So, yeah. um, on So, that's today's show, which will be up a few, an hour, maybe, after we've recorded it um, in the future. But then we're going to do a show now where we're going to talk about 10 things that have come from the Royal Rumble leading up to Mania and where we think they're ultimately going to lead. Yeah, so on on, on Sunday, um, you're going to hear us talk about uh, a few bits from Raw, a few bits from SmackDown, uh, including uh, Daniel Bryan's new title belt, um, the Jeff Jarrett Elias angle, uh, what's next for Charlotte, uh, and much, much more. So, thanks for listening. If you go to royalgrumble.co.uk, all social media links are on there. Everywhere you can listen to us is on there. Say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye, Daryl.